Wednesday night, and we are ready to get right into the Word of God. Good evening, everybody. This is Pastor Stan here coming to you live from our home studio and uh, just taking this opportunity to say hello to everybody that's connecting with us on Wednesday Night Live from Faith Family Church. Hello to anybody that's visiting, all of our visitors. Um, we pray for you. We think about you. We, we look forward to the opportunity to meet and greet you personally. And so hello to you from myself as, as well as Marquita, my wife. Uh, we thank God for all of our visitors. And uh, we look forward to tonight to be able to share this word with you. So get ready for a powerful word from God that'll change your life forever in Jesus name. And then hello to all of my faith family. Uh, please let us know that you're connected, that you're watching, um, that, that you're in this moment. Um, oftentimes I get to reply uh, and to say hello and to, you know, hopefully make it an interactive um, service for you tonight. But we encourage you to um, to take this time to dial in with us to what it is that the spirit of God would want to say to us tonight. But hello to all of my faith family. Of course, this past Sunday, we had a tremendous time in the word of God. It's my first time back after being gone for two Sundays in a row. And wow, you know, I've been looking forward to this new series called Dedicated for months, literally months. It's something that's been brewing in my heart and uh, we are off to a great start. So if anybody online tonight has missed Dedicated Part 1, then please go back before this Sunday coming. Please go back, watch it, watch it again. Uh, for those of us that were there, we know how powerful this was. Um, I, I felt like I was learning while I was speaking. And uh, many, many others have remarked how impactful it was. So uh, I'm already getting ready for this Sunday. We'll be there uh, with you if you're able uh, to come to service, come to service. Uh, the pandemic is over. I don't know if you got the news reports, but uh, the coronavirus, the whole pandemic, it's over. Uh, I've been traveling a lot and I know it's over because everywhere I go, there's people everywhere, uh, very little social distancing. Um, you know, things are essentially back to normal. You know, uh, Marquita and I and the boys, we were out in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, we were at the pool just about every day. We went to a um, a trampoline park. And at the trampoline park, I mean, I, I, maybe half the people had on masks. Maybe the other half didn't. It just looked like normal. I, I, I'm almost to the point where whether I see people with masks or without, it, 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 it just feels like things have gotten back to normal. So if you haven't gotten back to church, then what are you waiting on? Okay, especially if you've already gotten back to work, if your children have already gone back to school, if, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know what, what else you could be waiting on. Uh, and it's, it's sad in one sense that so many in the body of Christ have not yet returned to church, whereas we're traveling, we're vacationing, we're uh, doing all that we normally do. 
uh, as a body of Christ, but but for whatever reason, there's this little thing about, uh, and, and oftentimes we spend more time doing other things than we would for the 90 minutes that we would be at church. So anyway, man, I'm not gonna waste my time trying to encourage people to go to church. <laughs> if you come, you come. If you wanna watch online, watch online. But we are moving on in God, amen? Come on, somebody say amen to that. We are moving on in God and uh, it would be great to see your face again. All right, so uh, on these Wednesday nights, we have been in a series that's just, absolutely blessing my heart. I pray that it's blessing you as it is blessing me. And uh, without any further ado, we're going to say a word of prayer and we're going to get into uh, our series, Blessing Blockers and uh, the, 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 the subtitle for tonight. So let's go ahead and pray wherever you are, whether you're driving, whether you're at home, whether you got it on, got, got us on your big screen TV and let's get right into the word of God. Excuse me. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this, another opportunity to meditate your word. Your word is a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. We ask you, Father, to shine the light of your word upon us tonight by the Holy Spirit, that we'll see what it is that you're saying to us, that we'll have ears that hear what the Spirit of God is saying, that we will not be deceived but that we will be doers of the word that we hear as a result. We pray that my speech and preaching tonight will, will not be with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but let it be by demonstration of your spirit and of power that our faith will not rest in the wisdom of a man, but in the power of you, Lord God. We're open to the operation of the gifts of the spirit should you desire to flow or function in the midst of us, we covenant to give you and you only all the glory, honor, and praise. And it's in the authority of Jesus we pray. And all that agree with that prayer said, amen, amen. Blessing blocker number three is the third part of the series. Uh, and tonight we're going to look at the second blessing blocker. The first part of the series was an introduction, but last week we covered the first blessing blocker, which is disobedience. And tonight we're going to look at the second, which is close to the first, and it's called dishonor, dishonor. In Ephesians chapter one, verse three, in the New International Version, this is the golden text for the entire series. He says, praise be to the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in, in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. It's from this verse of scripture that we establish that every born again Christian on the planet has already been blessed with every spiritual blessing possible by God in the heavenly places. But here's the thing, we live on the earth. We need those blessings in our earthly places. Hence why we are talking about blessing blockers. 
We've also established this series on Malachi chapter three, which again gives insight to the blessing that is in heavenly places. Verse 10, he says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing, the word such is in italics. He said, and I will pour out for you blessing that not room enough to receive it. So God promises that for the tither, as they bring their tithes unto him, that he would open the windows of heaven and pour out essentially the manifestation of that spiritual blessing in our earthly places to the degree that there wouldn't be room enough to take it all in. Glory to God. We would be overtaken by the blessing. If I could have two number one blessing blockers, they would be disobedience and tonight's subject, which is dishonor. Of all the things that could allow or that could slow down the manifestation of the blessing in the life of a believer, these two cannot be overemphasized. I almost feel like I would do you a disservice by not spending an adequate amount of time on these two blessing blockers. Um, so I'm a little bit, you know, discomforted. Uh, thank God for technology. And last week we were, even though we were on vacation, we were able to uh, be ministered to uh, by a video of uh, my wife, Marquita, from her Mother's Day message uh, last year in 2020. And she ministered, um, be careful to obey, which is, you know, on the subject of obedience. But in light of what we preached two weeks ago about disobedience, that's the number one blessing blocker. And we're going to look at the edges of that uh, tonight. So we started a new series about uh, a week ago or two or three weeks ago that is based upon the idea that God has already blessed every born again Christian with every spiritual blessing possible. But the reality of it is, is these blessings are in heavenly places and we live in earthly places. Blessing blockers are what prevent the flow of those spiritual blessings to where we are in this life. Uh, I said to you that for years on this past Sunday, I said, I've heard from the time I was a child, the pastors in my life preach and teach that if I didn't tithe, that I was cursed according to Malachi chapter three and verse number nine. You are cursed with a curse for you have robbed me. But then I would hear preaching and teaching uh, from Creflo Dollar and others 
from the book of Ephesians chapter one that tells me that I am already blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. And that, you know, it was kind of contradictory in my mind. On one hand, I'm cursed if I do this. And on the other hand, I'm supposed to already be blessed. <laughs> and then, of course, I've heard for years, Brother Copeland, and, uh, many other great ministers and preachers and teachers of the word of God that would talk from Galatians chapter three in verse 13, Christ has been made a curse for us as it is written, cursed is he that hangeth upon the tree so that the blessing might come upon the Gentiles through faith. In verse 29, and if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and you are heirs according to the promise. Then I'd studied from the book of Numbers, the story of Balaam and Balak and how Balak hired Balaam to curse the children of Israel. And when every time he went to, to, to curse the children of Israel, he ended up blessing them. He ended up, as we have defined it, saying something good about the children of Israel that enabled them to succeed and to prosper. I mean, Balak was so upset. He's like, what are you doing? I hired you to curse them. And Balaam told Balak, God has blessed them and they are blessed and I can't reverse it. Uh, so I've developed a mindset that you can't curse what God has blessed. Well, how does that fit for us as New Testament believers, whether we tithe or don't tithe? The book of Ephesians 1 and verse 3 tells us very clearly we are blessed. And it didn't say you're blessed if you tithed and you're cursed if you don't. So are we blessed or are we cursed? The revelation years ago that came to my heart is that the believer is indeed blessed and you can't curse what God has blessed. We are blessed and it can't be reversed, but it indeed can be blocked because that blessing is in heavenly places. And where do we live? On the earth. And so essentially the spirit of God revealed to me that there are blessing blockers things that will block the flow of the blessing of God from heaven into your world. Uh, I've given you a list of what we will look at in this entire series. I don't know when I'll preach what, but I know we started off, uh, you know, two weeks ago, giving you the, the number one blessing blocker. We said it was disobedience. Today, we're going to look at number two, which I said is dishonor. And I put a forward slash and I put not tithing. And that's what we're going to look at tonight. Dishonor, not tithing will block the blessing in your life. Another blessing blocker is ignorance. Another one is offense. Another one is unforgiveness. There's scriptures tied to each of these. Another one is unrighteousness. Another blessing blocker is pride forward slash selfishness. Another blessing blocker is not serving. Mm, that's going to be good. <laughs> not serving will block the flow of blessing on your life. Uh, yielding to temptation. There's scriptures tied to each of these, which will block the flow of blessing. And then not keeping Sabbath. 
oh man, all of these. And obviously there, there, there could just probably be a list of things that could block the flow of blessing. Now, before I go any further, let me ask you, please download to your cell phone or your device, the app called unblock me. It's, it's a game. Uh, it's a secular game. I, you know, it's, I mean, it's just a, a, a playful game. Uh, you can get it for free, but it has ads. And if you pay a dollar, then you can play the game without the ads. But it is so cool. The object of the game is made up of little wood blocks and uh, it's a puzzle. And so the, 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 the object is to get the red wood block through the opening on the other side of the screen. Well, in order to do that, you've got to unblock that red block so that it can progress to the next level. Glory to God. I can't say that without thinking that as we go through these series, we're going to be moving things that have been blocking the flow of blessing upon our lives, and we're going to reach our next level. Come on, somebody at Faith Family Church. I know there is a next level for you in this year. Hallelujah. Like we sang it on Sunday, I'm speaking favor for the rest of the year several things that are on our next level. Promotion is on your next level. Increase is on your next level. Abundance is on your next level. Growth is on your next level. Restoration is on your next level. Victory is on your next level. And blessing is on your next level. For each of all these blessing blockers, we could do an entire series of study. So please do not uh, miss or minimize anyone in importance. I know I just spent the one week on disobedience and then Marquita, we added, be careful to obey. And today, you know, I'm led to cover dishonor, uh, but really we could do an entire series on disobedience and, and, and look at the scriptures as a, in that respect, we could do an entire series on dishonor uh, and look at the varying aspects. So please don't minimize any one of these in their importance. I am, however, doing an entire series on uh, part of what we'll cover tonight in dishonor as it relates to tithing. And then later, as the Holy Spirit leads us, we will study honor. I will also soon be doing a series on righteousness uh, as unrighteousness is one of the things that will block the flow of blessing in our lives. But I want you to understand that the basis for, for these things, the, the basis for doing an entire series on the subject of pride is to get that blessing blocker out of your life so that you can be elevated to your next level so that you can connect the dots. I'm laying the foundation that you are blessed. We're spending every Wednesday night, as I can foresee through this year, on the subject of blessing. And, and, and out of it spring certain things that, that, uh, that tie to the blessing of God. So be sure to connect the dots. Now, again, though tonight's uh, subject, is really at the top of the list 
along with disobedience. Again, if I could have two number ones, it would be disobedience and dishonor. As we look through the, the list, those all the other ones are very significant and we could add other things, but these are the ones that actually made the list as I received from the Holy Spirit. But what am I saying? If I could have two number ones, I want you to remember this like a student, it would be disobedience will block the blessing and dishonor. All the others are part and have impact, but none as, a, as significant as these two. However, when you first receive the gospel, obedience is the key to blessing. So why did I preach dishonor, uh, disobedience before now preaching dishonor? Well, when you and I receive the gospel, now remember, that's been a big word for us on Wednesday nights. God preached the gospel to Abraham. And, uh, you know, uh, in that, he said, if you obey me, then I'm going to bless you. So essentially, because the blessing is there, but it was tied to obedience. So obedience is key to blessing. The gospel, we said, is simply this. If you obey God, he will bless you. Tonight, my assignment is to show you from the word of God how the second most important blessing blocker fits within this equation. What equation? The equation that if you obey God, right? He will bless you. My assignment tonight is to show you how this second blessing blocker fits within that equation. There's a connection between disobedience and dishonor that makes both of these extremely important. Okay, now I'll remind you of that again, but let's go ahead and start. Um, from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, which was our reading last night or uh, on Monday night. And I, I read this and it just, I don't know about you when, when you're reading your chapters and, and uh, hearing different messages. When I hear the word blessing now, because we were meditating on it, when I hear the word obedience, you know, or if I hear the word gospel, these things start to, you know, compound, revelation starts to flow. Well, I read 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse number 13 in the New Living Translation. It says, as a result of your ministry, as a, as a result of you giving your tithes and offerings, people will give glory to God. For your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are, listen to this, obedient to the good news of Christ. Somebody say it out loud, obedient to the gospel. <laughs> Remember when we preached it, we talked about, have they not all obeyed the gospel? Well, uh, again, the gospel by definition commands obedience. When Jesus came preaching the gospel, he commanded the people to repent. Well, it, 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 repent and believe the, the good news that if you obey God and his command to repent, 
And he'll say something good over your life that'll enable you to succeed. So I, I thought that it was just beautiful to see these two words, obedient, or three words, and good news in one verse. We know that the gospel is good news. It's glad tidings of good things. If you specifically and simply want to know what the word gospel means, it means if you obey God, he will bless you. He says when you give out of your generosity to all believers, it proves that you are obedient <laughs> to the gospel. You're the obedient to the good news. So we said on Sunday, we are not commanded to tithe, but we are commanded to honor the Lord with our substance. Is that right? Obeying that command is obeying the gospel. God is saying that if you obey me in honoring me, I will bless you. I'll say something good to you. I'll say something good over you or about you that will enable you to prosper and empower you to succeed. And that's what I want to dig in tonight. Amen. So the primary text for tonight is in the book of Proverbs chapter three and verse number nine and 10. This is where we talk about dishonor and not tithing specifically as being the number two blessing blocker in your and in my life. So in Proverbs chapter three, verse nine and 10, the Bible says this, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. It all starts with honor. In this passage of scripture, we are commanded by the Holy Spirit, writing through Solomon to his sons, but it is God's, Proverbs chapter three is God speaking to me, God speaking to you. It was the Holy Spirit through the, uh, through the mouth of Solomon that, that spoke, and this is the word of God. This is a command of God. It is to honor, the Holy Spirit is saying, honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all of your increase. And so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats shall burst out with new wine. Say it out loud with me. It all starts with honor. I can't overemphasize this subject. Uh, actually, I, I, I was supposed to look at 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 30, but just got, you know, th th this verse, Proverbs 3 and 9, just got so big that we won't have time to look at it today. But we could do an entire series on the subject of honor. I'm sure that I'll end up touching 1 Samuel 2 and 30 at some point, whether it be next Wednesday or on, on this Sunday. It all starts with honor. I know we just said it, but say it one more time. It all starts 
with honor. It's the first word in this verse. This word, when you look it up in the dictionary, in the English dictionary, it means as a noun, high respect. So when you're talking about honoring the Lord, you're talking about having high respect or great esteem, high respect or great esteem. As a verb, this word means to regard with great respect. So when the Holy Spirit is commanding you and I as believers to honor the Lord, what is he saying? He's saying to regard God with great respect. So he says to honor the Lord. Now, my question to you tonight is, do you honor the Lord? I would imagine the answer immediately would be yes. I mean, you're online watching, you know, a part of a, a, a an internet ministry service in the middle of the week. You could be doing other things. And I, I would imagine that your answer would be immediately as my answer would be is yes, I honor the Lord. But let's be careful and examine this from our heart. Do you honor the Lord? My second question, which might be the bigger question, is then how do you honor the Lord? Because the Holy Spirit tells us how to honor him in this command, and he's very specific. He didn't just say honor the Lord, period. He said as a command to honor the Lord with your substance, or as in the New King James says, with your possessions. The Hebrew word used for substance or possession that's used here refers actually to wealth, riches, and substance. I'd like to use the word money, though, in exchange for this Hebrew word. So in this verse, God is commanding us to honor him with our money. Now, let me ask you again, do you honor the Lord? And specifically, how do you honor the Lord? That's the big question. Because we are commanded by the Holy Ghost to honor the Lord through the word. We're commanded to honor the Lord with our money. If we don't honor him with our money, we are dishonoring him. And as a result of dishonor, our blessing is blocked. We touched on the fact that nowhere in the New Testament do we have a command to tithe. And that's true. Uh, that didn't bother me at all. I, I, I do know that tithing is in the New Testament. And particularly, Jesus in the New Testament said that we should tithe. We should give God a tenth of all of our income, of everything that comes into our hands. But there's no direct command as they were commanded in the Old Testament to tithe. However, we do have this command to honor the Lord our God. I also want you to notice that we are to honor him with our substance and with our first fruits. As the verse continues, the first fruits, quote, of all our increase. 
Now, I will do a study uh, of this in the future as it relates to the blessing. Actually, once we get done with Unblock Me or Blessing Blockers, it may be the very next series that I do. I'm going to follow the Holy Spirit. But man, I said to you Sunday that there are 32 individual references to first fruit, firstling, or first fruit offerings in the Bible. 32 individual references. There are also 32 references to tithing. The reason why I point that out is because of uh, a lack of knowledge, a lack of understanding. Some pastors and preachers have taught that the first fruit is the tithe. Actually, they use Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10 uh, in, 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 a, in a wrong way by saying to honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits and in their mind or as they're teaching the first fruits in their mind is the tithe. So we're to honor the Lord with the tithe of all of our increase. And so our barns will be filled with plenty and our presses will ver burst out with new wine. But when you understand that there's 32 different references of first fruits and 32 different references of tithing, what you learn is that they are actually two different kinds of offerings. Ooh, it's going to be a good series. I can tell you that. And, and let me just give you a little nugget. In the New Testament, the book of Romans says in Romans chapter 11, verse 16, for if the first fruit is holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. When I first learned this from one of my pastors, <coughs> excuse me, um, he, the, the, what, what I heard, what I received is that if the first is blessed, then the rest is blessed. The idea was that if I owned a cow and she had a first born calf and I take that calf, it won't be the only calf that this cow will have. But if I take this first one to the, the priest and he kill it as an offering to the Lord, and he is his, he and his family eat the eat the eat the calf. That and, and speak a blessing over my cow. Then every other calf that comes out of this cow, if the first one was blessed, then the rest of them was blessed. I'm telling you, th this series is going to be so exciting, especially for those of you that are that highly, highly value this thing called the blessing. I'm getting excited. Um, can, can you give me more scriptures about that, Pastor Stan? Well, let me give you one more. In Ezekiel chapter 44, because again, what I'm showing you is that there, there, there's, there, there's not just one thing here about tithing. Honor the Lord with your money and with the first fruits of all your increase, and then these things are going to happen. So there's the word and is a conjunction. So it, it, it can't be both. It, it, it's this and it's that. Well, in Ezekiel 44, 30, it says that the first of all the first fruits of all things of every oblation, every sort of oblation shall be the priest and you shall give unto the priest the first of your dough. 
that he may cause the blessing to rest in your house. So here in connection with a first fruit offering, when you give it to the priest, and remember this, when we give our tithes and offerings, we don't give it to a man. We put it in the hands of Jesus, according to Hebrews chapter seven. Like Melchizedek, he is our high priest. Here, men that die receive tithes, but there he receives them of whom it is witness that he lives. That's Jesus. And so when we give our tithes and offerings and our first fruit offerings unto the Lord, he releases, he speaks the blessing like the priest. He says, when you bring the first of your dough to the priest, the first fruit, he, the priest, may cause the blessing to rest in your house. Oh, I just got to get off of that. Clearly, there's a principle in scripture that if the first is blessed, then the rest is blessed. Get back to Proverbs chapter three, verse number nine. Now notice what happens as a result of honoring the Lord with your money and with the first fruits of everything that comes to your hands. Notice what happens. He says, verse 10, so your barns will be filled with plenty. Can I ask you a question? Are your barns filled with plenty right now? He said, well, Pastor Stan, I don't have a barn unless you have a barn. I mean, you know, I live in a subdivision not far from, from where we meet as a church. And, you know, we don't have barns, you know, in the backyard. We got a garage, but that's a garage. It's not a barn. A barn is really specific to an agricultural society. It's the place where they store their equipment and the, the animals are, are in the barn and and, you know, they store their supplies or store their grain or their fruit. You know, it, it's a storehouse. Whoo, glory. I'm getting excited again. I'm trying to teach tonight. Will y'all let me preach? Amen. So the, the, the Bible says that if we honor the Lord with our money, our barns. Now, for what, what, what then is a barn in the 20th, 21st century? Well, it's a storage place. Do you have a storage place? Well, some of us actually have storage units. But specifically, the barn for the believer today is the bank account. The bank account is where we store our resources. My question to you is, are your barns or are your bank accounts filled with plenty right now? If not, then why? What do we need to do in order for those storehouses to be filled to plenty? I'm here to tell you, faith family, God wants to fill your bank accounts with plenty. Uh, did you know that your bank account can get full? And I'm not talking about just having thousands of dollars or tens of thousands of dollars. Um, there, I didn't know this. Uh, one of my early jobs as a teenager, college student, young adult, I was a teller for Telecom Credit Union in uh, Southfield, Michigan. And so, you know, just like we have them today, people would pull up in the drive-thru and they would give me the account number, maybe the check or whatever. And I'm to pull up their account, make the deposit, make a withdrawal, you know, do whatever, uh, give them back, you know, whatever the net deposit is, et cetera. But oftentimes it was just like so fascinating for me as a young man. And even now, 
as an adult, every now and then I would open someone's account and they'd have a money market account or suffix in their account um, where there was, you know, $70,000 or $100,000, maybe $150,000 and 150000 Now, back in that day, the FDIC only insured an account up to $100,000. Maybe 10 years ago or so, maybe a little bit more than 10 years ago, they moved up that number to $250,000 that's insured. In other words, if your bank uh, goes belly up, the government will insure your holdings up to $250,000. Now, how many people you know they've got $250,000 in some kind of liquid account? I'm not talking about retirement and all of that. I'm just talking about in a bank account or money market account or, you know, some liquid type account. Not many people. But I'm here to tell you, I believe God wants to fill your barn. He wants to fill your storehouse. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I believe that. I I believe that someday. Now, I don't know what, what Marquita and I, what our net worth is, but we don't have 250,000 in a liquid account right now. But oh, glory to God, as I'm seeing this scripture with you, I'm believing that as I continue to show God honor in faith, that his word will be manifested in our lives and we'll have to open up multiple bank accounts because one will get filled up. There'll be $262 thousand dollars cash in the account quarter of a million dollars in one account and we'll have to open up another account and a different bank so that it'll be insured (laughs) oh i'm preaching and i'm this is not no pipe dream folks this is the word of god and i'm praying that you'll get a hold of this so he says that your barns will be filled with plenty and that your vats, when you honor the Lord with money and with the first fruits of all in your increase, your barns are going to be filled with plenty and your vats. And what is a vat? Well, you can have a vat of oil or a vat of wine. It's some, you know, large, you know, container, uh, you know, in that respect. Obviously, again, he's talking to an agricultural society. It's a piece of equipment. It's their work. So when I read this, and I believe it is God speaking to me, not only will he cause my bank accounts to be filled with plenty, he will also cause my work, my business equipment to overflow with new wine. Now, if I was a, a grape farmer, if I had a, 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 an orchard, I think they call, uh, a vineyard, Um, If I owned a vineyard and I had vats to put all the grapes in and squash them down and make wine or however they make wine. um, He said that my my uh, work equipment is going to overflow with new wine or, you know, if if I've got a different kind of job or different kind of equipment, essentially I'm going to overflow with new business. Or if it's my work, maybe you, you're not a business owner and a lot of us are, uh, but maybe you're not a business owner. What is God saying to you? Not only does he want to fill your bank accounts to plenty, he also wants to cause your work 
to overflow with new money. Not that same old money, not that limited ceiling salary, praise God that you've been doing, that your that he would cause your work to overflow with new money. <laughs> oh, when I read that, something just sprung up on the inside of me called the surplus of prosperity. What Proverbs chapter nine and 10 are talking about when you have your barns filled with plenty and your work overflowing with new business, you're talking about a surplus. Somebody say surplus of prosperity. As a matter of fact, if you could put it in the comments, a surplus of prosperity. First time I heard it where it registered in my heart and mind was just Friday night. Uh, we were in uh, Phoenix, you know, hanging out vacation. And Dr. Leroy Thompson had a Money Cometh conference and I dialed in to listen to it. And uh, he said the Spirit of God, he was reading something and the Spirit of God spoke it in his heart to talk about a surplus of prosperity. Whoo, glory. I got to share. I got to share this with you. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 8 through 12 in the Amplified, this is what he read. And I want you to hear this from the depth of where we've been on these Wednesday nights, month after month for the last several months. Whew, we, we've been, we did an entire series on Deuteronomy 28. Listen to what this says in the Amplified, verse 8 through 12. The Lord shall command the blessing. Somebody say it out loud, command the blessing. And see, I believe when we honor God, as he said in Proverbs, and as he said in Malachi, when we honor the God with money, he said, prove me, I will open the windows of heaven. I'll rebuke the devil. I believe that Deuteronomy 28 and 8 is, is, is God saying, when you obey me, because that's what he was talking about. If you obey me and do what I tell you to do, I'm going to command, listen, command what? The blessing. That's what we've been getting excited about. I'm going to command, where's the blessings up there where he is in heavenly place. I'm going to command the blessing upon your storehouse. Woo, that's exactly what it says. The Lord shall, this is Deuteronomy 28 and 8. I need to calm down because I'm just so excited. The Lord shall command the blessing upon you in your storehouse. And in all that you undertake, he will bless you, not in heaven, in the land which he, the Lord your God, gives you. The Lord will establish you as, a holy, as, as holy to himself as he has sworn to you if you keep or obey the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. And all the people of the earth will see that you are called by the name and in the presence of the Lord and they'll be afraid of you. And the Lord, listen to this, the Lord shall make you, this is verse 11. The Lord shall make you a surplus of, pro, excuse me, let me read it right. And the Lord shall make you have a surplus of prosperity through the fruit of your body and of your livestock and of your ground and in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. Just in a moment, I, I, there was a flash in my mind 
because the Lord shall make you to have a surplus of prosperity through the fruit of your body. You know, think about those moms and dads whose sons and daughters go on to become extremely successful and how the blessing just spills over out of their children's lives into the parents' lives. You know, there will be some NBA players that that come from within Faith Family Church and those that become a part of Faith Family Church. There will be very, very successful, brilliant doctors and lawyers, professionals of all sorts. Why? Because we got a hold of revelation. Glory to God. And God commanded the blessing upon our lives and upon our children's lives and their children. Amen. He said, the Lord shall make you have a surplus of prosperity. <coughs> Excuse me. Then uh, verse 12 says, the Lord shall open to you his good treasury, the heavens. There it is. To give you rain. He's going to open up the heavens and what's going to pour out? The blessing. <clears throat> in your land, in its season, to bless. He's going to open the heavens to bless all the work of your hands. And you shall lend to many nations but you shall not borrow. And that's why we are getting out and staying out of debt. Glory to God. Anyway, let me get back on subject. The key, according to Proverbs chapter three, verse nine and 10, the key commandment to obey is to honor the Lord with your money. That's the main statement for tonight. Again, the gospel, when anytime the word of God is preached or taught in that message, God is talking to you about something. And when you act or do what God is telling you to do, he will bless you. The key commandment to obey is to honor the Lord with your money. When, it, when, when you're talking about removing the blessing blockers out of your life, the key command, we talked about disobedience last time. Well, the key commandment, just like we said, obedience is the key to blessing. Well, the key commandment to obey is to honor the Lord with your money. The Holy Ghost through Solomon commanded you and I to honor the Lord with our money. When you obey that command, the flow of blessing will begin to manifest in your life. You say, well, Pastor Stan, Proverbs chapter three, verse nine and 10 is in the Old Testament. Could it be that that applies to the children of Israel? Well, again, the Old Testament was written for our admonition, for our learning, and it has commands in it that are not only to the children of Israel, but are also to the church. Thou shalt not murder? Come on, really? You're going to tell me that that just was for the Jew? No, that's for the Jew and for you. <laughs> Come on, somebody. So listen now, but I will give you uh, two or three witnesses. Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. We can bring the command to honor the Lord with, to honor the Lord, into the New Testament. Where do you see that? In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 17. I got to hurry. He said, honor all. That means honor everybody. 
should you have re, uh, high respect for everybody? Yeah, the Bible tells you to honor everybody. Honor everybody. He goes on to say, love the brotherhood. Now you should respect people, right? Doesn't matter from whatever walk or background, you should respect, have regard and, and, and esteem people, right? God loves the world. So you and I should have a respect for that, right? Re regardless of, of their ungodliness, there should be an esteem that, that God sees that ungodly person as valuable. Let me get off of that. He said, love the brotherhood. He also said, fear God. And he also said, honor the king. Somebody say, honor the king. Now, technically he could be referring to the president or if we lived in a, a uh, monarchy or under, excuse me, a, a place where there's a king or queen, he's literally saying to honor the king. But the Bible tells us that God is king. <laughs> As a matter of fact, in first Timothy. So in first Peter two, we're commanded to honor the king. Well, who is the king? Well, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 17 tells us, now to the king, capital K, king, eternal, immortal, invisible, to God, who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. 1 Timothy 1 tells us to the king, talking about God, be honor forever. Amen. So are we commanded to honor God? Oh, yes, we are. In the New Testament, we're to honor the king. What king? The king of kings and the Lord of lords. Let me give you one more. In Revelation chapter 19 and verse number one, after these things, I heard a loud voice in the great multitude in heaven saying, hallelujah, salvation and glory and honor and power be to the Lord or be unto the Lord, our God, who glory to God. Does the Bible say that honor should be unto the Lord, our God? Absolutely. God deserves all the glory, all the honor and all the praise. So we are commanded to honor God. So let me ask you again, do you honor the Lord? But the big question is how do you honor the Lord? Because you can have a real honor, a, a great regard of respect, high respect, great esteem for God and not give him a dime. Not give him 3% of your annual income. And yet you honor him, you regard him, you esteem him <clears throat> to some degree. But listen at this. In Matthew chapter 15, verse four through nine, Jesus was talking to the people. We just looked at this on Sunday, but then in a different uh, from from Luke's perspective. <coughs> Excuse me. He says, for God commanded saying, this is Matthew 15, verse four. God commanded. Now, remember, when you see that command, a command has to be obeyed. 
God commanded saying, honor your father and mother. And he who curses father and mother will be put, let him be put to death. But you say, verse five, whoever says to his father or mother, what profit you might have received from me as a gift to God, then he need not honor his father or mother. Thus you have made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition. Hypocrites, well did Isaiah the pro prophesy about you saying, these people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips and their heart is far from me. In vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. <laughs> glory, glory to God. Now listen, <clears throat> I'm wrapping up, but get a hold of this in your spirit. God commanded honor your father and your mother. And if you don't honor them and you curse them, you ought to be put to death. Let me ask you, is honor important to God? Oh, we don't have the time to delve into how important honor is to God. It's so important. If you don't honor him, it'll block the flow of blessing. You will not walk on the level of blessing that you could walk without honor in your life. We remember this because we talked about that you can make the word of God of none effect because of tradition. Well, in context, he's talking about honor. <laughs> and for us tonight, we're the, the word of God, the, the gospel, the commandment, is to honor him with our money. And, and you can make that command to honor him with your money because of your tradition of none effect. But here's the key. He said, it's true what Isaiah prophesied about you. He said, listen, these people draw near to me with their mouth and they honor me with their lips but their heart is far from me. Oh, get this, get this. I asked you tonight, do you honor the Lord? You may honor him in your church attendance. You may honor him with your praise and your worship. But if you don't give him your money, then your heart is far far from him. If you give God 1%, if you get your, your giving statements from the churches and ministries that you, that you give to, and you haven't even passed the 10% mark, then it's true what Isaiah said. You draw near to him with your mouth. You honor him with your lips, but your heart is far from the Lord. You say, wow, oh, Pastor Stan, that's strong. Why are you coming at me so strong? It's the word. See, listen to what Jesus said about your heart. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. 
So what God was saying to them is they honor me with their lips, but not with their money. God is saying they honor me with their lips, but their money is far from me. My challenge to you tonight is to remove the blessing blocker of dishonor out of your life. You're honoring God by sitting at his feet to hear his word. You're honoring him in your, 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 your church attendance. You honor him with your words. But if you haven't been honoring him with your resources, then you've been dishonoring him. Dishonor, which most importantly includes not tithing, is the blessing blocker number two. We're not commanded to tithe, but we are commanded to honor the Lord with our substance. Obeying that command is obeying the gospel. God is saying that if you obey me and honoring me with the tithe, I will bless you. I'll say something good over you, about you, or to you that will enable you to prosper and empower you to, to succeed. This is the connection of which it was my assignment to show you from the word of God that between obedience and honor that makes both of them extremely important. There's just something about the tithe that causes the manifestation of the blessing. I believe the tithe causes God to command the blessing to flow into your earthly places. We just covered literally just the tip of the iceberg on this subject of dishonor. Hopefully I can go deeper uh, in our series on tithing and then again with the series on honor. So stay tuned, you know, stay connected. But in the meantime, don't let disobedience and dishonor keep you from walking in the blessing of the Lord that makes rich. Did y'all get anything out of that tonight? Amen. I'm out of time. If you want to give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, pray this prayer, mean it in your heart, and God will save you right where you are. If you're backslidden, if you've disrespected God by not honoring him with money, then repent. Pray this prayer with me. God will forgive you of all your trespasses and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And you can start fresh and new today in a life of obedience and a life of honor. Pray this out loud. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this word today. I honor you and I will obey you. I come to you to give you my life. I do believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died for me, bearing my sins for me. They put him in a grave, but I believe he's alive, that you raised him from the dead, Come into my heart. Save me from my sins. Lord, I repent 
for the disobedience and the disrespect that I've shown you. And I accept your offer of forgiveness. Therefore, I am saved. I'm born again. I am forgiven. Heaven is my home. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. God bless you, Faith Family Church. Uh, For all of those that are visiting, thank you again for hearing uh, and listening during this hour. We believe the rest of your life will be the best of your life because Jesus is Lord. Always remember that God loves you. I love you. And Jesus came so that you can experience a better life. I leave you with this blessing that I speak over you now. May the Lord bless you indeed and enlarge your territory. May he protect and keep you from evil and that you not cause pain. And may the Lord's hand be towards you and not against you. In Jesus' name, be blessed. Amen.